Oh, man, I got a D. Austin, that's your second bad grade in a row. Didn't your parents warn you about that? I know. It's just with rehearsals and dance practice, I haven't had time to study. We have another test tomorrow. You better get a good grade on it or your parents are going to ground you. <laughs> Trust me, Allie. There's no way I'm getting another bad grade. You got another bad grade? I was going to study, but I had to rehearse with my band. Well, g'day. How are you? Did you check your ego at the door, Taylor? Yes, I'm looking at you, Miss Swift. Well, it's all about passable grades today. Kylie's new track, Danny's new song, the new series, Feud. And you're not going to believe the score that our friend of the show, David, gave the celebration tour last week. He's already been fitted with a long and curly fake moustache so that he can continue to move safely through Madonna communities. Unfortunately, with new facial hair, he just might be mistaken for Melissa Everidge, but I suppose that's marginally better than being handbag whipped by Madonna's crew. Now, are you still on an up after Kylie's Grammy win? Isn't it amazing? There she was, she's holding up her little gold award, she's dancing along there to Miley Cyrus. It really was an incredible night. They did so well with the Grammys this year. They made it entertaining, they made it engaging, and they made it about the music. And wasn't it so kind of Taylor to remind us all of how many Grammys she has? What was it again, Taylor? I think you said six, right? Okay, this is my 13th Grammy. Oops, sorry. And this community service announcement coming just seconds after she facepalmed poor old Celine. And she's getting a lot of flack for that snub, of course, but I don't think that's fair. Celine was stealing a lot of focus standing there in her best hospice motif. I mean, let's face it, she was stealing Taylor's moment, and Taylor was just defending herself and her six Grammys. Well, actually, it was seven, wasn't it, Taylor? Okay, this is my 13th Grammy. And there were so many Easter eggs this year. If you were watching closely enough, you would have seen that dear Meryl Streep was awkwardly sitting amongst the world's greatest musicians. Now, why was she there at all? Not content with hogging the limelight at every other awards ceremony on God's great green earth, Meryl, at one stage, seemed very disheveled and confused as she clutched onto Lady Gaga's arm, presumably asking for help and why Billy Crystal wasn't hosting the event. It's honestly a historical photo. Go and look it up. And fans of the original Ghostbusters like me were very excited when Miley hit the red carpet, dressed as Goza, the Gozerian. Are you a god? It truly was a great night, and we'll be talking about Kylie's Grammy win, of course, in this show. By the way, have you seen The Greatest Night in Pop documentary yet? It's pretty cool. It's the making of We Are The World. Sheena Easton feeling used as a piece of Prince bait. Apparently they held her a little bit hostage there in the studio, hoping that Prince would arrive, and of course he didn't. And you know that line in the song, Just You and Me? Well, right up to the last minute, it was just going to be, it's true we make a better day. Just you and I. Bloody grammar almost ruined the entire song. History might have been turned on its head. Okay, let's talk about Dance Alone, the new Kylie song in collaboration with Sia, or is it the new Sia song in collaboration with Kylie? 
Not sure. Whose Spotify is it going to be on? Not sure. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's very hooky. It has great production. Uh, it definitely gets in your head. I woke up this morning with the chorus rattling round. It was quite irritating, actually. Um, Kylie definitely sounds rich on this, energised, very, very different from some of her previous work with Sia. Dance Alone, look, for me, it just joins that little treasure box. Have you got a little Kylie treasure box like me? And when you open it up, it's got all these other funny little tracks like Other Boys Do, Limpio, Really Don't Like You. It's definitely worth having. Should it be released? That's interesting. I like it, I can tell you that. Now, here's the thing. There's no question in my mind, and I don't know if it's in yours, that this was deliberately written to be a TikTok. When you think about it, that chorus is so infectious. And if you just keep the chorus, I think the expectation is that young people are going to take that and do funny 15 second dances on their own. Uh, is it going to happen? No, it's not going to be a viral moment. Will you see a few TikToks pop up with it? Absolutely you will. But this is not the US exposure that Kylie was hoping for, I don't believe. Now, not to mention that this song is just another piece of evidence of how out of touch celebrities are. Now, Kylie and Sia, listen, very few of us can afford to lose our phones. In fact, our phones, for many of us, are the most expensive thing we own. And the thought of losing them is actually a source of genuine anxiety. Am I right about that? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? It's a common expression amongst the common folk. And it's often tinged with just a hint of panic. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Have you seen my phone? Have you got my phone? When did I last have my phone? It's a genuine issue. Where are you going to put that phone when you have that dance? This is a part of our ordinary day-to-day -day reality, right? You and I. Oh, I just want to dance alone. But I don't want to lose my phone. I just want to dance alone. Hey Siri, where are you? Here I am. In French, baby seal is. Okay, so coming up, we're going to be talking about Danny's new single. It's backed by Central Station Records. They can't be happy about this. 23,000 views on YouTube and on Spotify. I think it sits at about 120,000 streams. And it's a shame because it's a great little track. But, you know, I, I think that this is an issue that's actually bigger than Danny. Do you remember in the 90s where you'd have your big artists on the charts but the charts were also filled with plenty of little gems, you know, from relative unknowns, smaller time artists. I mean, I could be wrong, but it just feels like it is so much harder these days to sneak through with some little hidden gem. With streaming, it's like throwing a pebble into the Pacific Ocean. Nobody notices. The hope is, of course, that a little track gets noticed and picked up and becomes viral and it's that unexpected sensation, but I don't know, it's definitely not going to happen here. That seems very, very hard to do these days. My God, they used to call music disposable pop back in the day, from the 60s, from the Beatles onwards, disposable pop, disposable pop. Well, you know what? Not so much. We went to a store, we scoured the aisles, we rifled through stacks of physical stock, we paid for it, we read the packaging completely before we even got home half the time, before we put that CD in the tray or that cassette into the player. 
There wasn't much disposal about this, I can tell you. And then that piece of pop was catalogued and put in a lovely drawer for safekeeping. These days, I watch my daughter tap a screen, listen for 10 seconds, literally, literally, if that, and then hit skip. Sometimes we haven't even hit the chorus before we hit skip. Talk about disposable. Nevertheless, keep listening. We talk about Danny's new single soon, but it's definitely not going to be that comeback track that Danny stands are waiting for. And I know you are. You're wanting that song to come along that's going to be so big that people are going to go, oh, now she has to make a whole album. She has to make a whole album. Well, my friends, this isn't it. So come on, on that somber note, it's okay. It's all right. Take my hand. Tell me what you were feeling. Understand. This is just the beginning. Although I have to go, it makes me feel like crying. Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. Peter and Alki, welcome to the Fortress of Pop Culture. How are you both? I'm, I'm good. I'm good too. How are you? I'm really well. Oh, look, I'm excited because I've got two people who've never visited this exquisite fortress before. What do you think? <laughs> oh, Very I'm exciting. Ex- Very exciting. I do have to say that um, a little apologies in advance. I've got a bit of uh, respiratory distress, coughing, a bit of a um, croaky voice at times, but I was going to say the forces of nature um, have left me with half a voice this evening. <laughs> it's okay. I've got COVID, so don't stress about it. Oh, wow. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know I if you have coughing and fun problems, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Kylie reference there, the little thing, her little excuse for when, you know, you know, when she was sick at Mushroom 25, I always remember her saying that. So anyway. <laughs> yes, that's okay. true, yes. I'm dressed from head to toe in PPE gear now. Okay, just, <laughs> as I tell you, just above the the fire case, uh, just above the fireplace over there. Can you see my Danny Minogue Archibald prize? It's a replica, <laughs> but it's pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Peter and Alki, thank you for being here. Thinking about us, and it was released today. Danny Minogue's new single. What I find interesting about this is it is almost bang on three minutes. Is that a clue? Do you think? It could be. It could be a Eurovision clue. I mean, it's three minutes and two seconds. But look, Danny has said recently that she's not doing Eurovision. So I, I did hear that. Did she, yeah, deny she it? said it on the Jackie O and Carl show. She they actually asked her pretty much point blank. From what I from what I heard, yeah, um, I that's she kind of dodged it though. She kind of was like, "Oh no, I couldn't do it because you know I'm not J Lo and I'm fifty. You know, I'm fifty two, and I'm like, hang on, <laughs> come on, like." I'm sure she could do it. But. I'm sure she could. I'm sure yeah. she could. I'm so disappointed. But, I didn't know she denied it. I thought that this was all a brilliant – because she's released the Instagram things before uh, this single dropped today, right? Those little – she's on she the, looking at the telephone, talking to herself, yeah. little teasers. Yeah. Mm. Look, she might just be, you know, throwing a bit of a red herring out there. Who knows? Um, she did. She but, did at first say, I can't confirm it. Oh, I can't know. She says, I can't talk about it. So I don't know if it was a little bit of a sidestep to say, no, of course I'm not doing it. And then she'll turn up there. You know what I mean? I don't know. But yeah. Who I knows? Know. I hope yeah. she does. That'd be 
awesome. It, it would be fabulous, yes. Well, would it be awesome? Some heard, I've just heard from Peter and Alki, yes, it would be awesome if Danny took to the <laughs> Eurovision stage. Plenty of people online saying that would be the worst thing ever. Uh, what makes you both say it would be awesome? Well, I, well, sorry, I just think that, I mean, it, look, Danny, I think she's right for a proper big comeback like her big yeah. sister. I mean, there's no bigger stage than the Eurovision stage. And I think, I, I personally think Danny would do an absolutely fabulous job. Like, you know, I'm, I, she's a performer, you know, and she, people can say what they, what they like. But, you know, like, you look at all the other ones, all the other talent that was in Young Talent time, and she's just, she's just moved pioneered forward you know and you know you see her perform yeah. and I, I i've only ever seen her perform live once and that was when she did the grease spectacular many moons ago that um, was good she was great in that it was and I, I was like wow you know and even a friend that i went with at that time he was like oh geez it's you know danny minogue blah 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 i'm like no way <laughs> and after that performance he was like oh wow she did Look, that she live. Can really can live she really can i mean she yeah. had a you know, she really can. But uh, there is a bit of snobbery around Eurovision. Like, you know, oh, Eurovision, it's cheap. What on earth do you mean, snobbery? <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, it's Danny. I mean, look, it's Danny Minogue. She's got, like, I mean, they, they you know, they, they fit together. I mean, Danny's got her... Let's let's be honest. I mean, I love Danny. Let me preface this by saying I adore her. But, I mean, her reputation is also not a million miles away from maybe Eurovisions. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I'd like to see it happen. Guy Sebastian, he represented Australia one year, didn't he? He did, yes. He certainly yeah. did. Yeah, so it's not all bad. There's a bit of pedigree there, I suppose. I just, there I is. Just, there is. And don't uh, get me wrong, you know, like Guy Sebastian, you know, I'm I'm – I'm not a huge fan, I've got to admit, but I don't mind some of his music, but I feel Danny would surpass that as far as performance-wise and as far as, you know, I mean, I think this song live would be quite good, I would imagine. It would. And look, Danny's bigger than, you know, Guy and, and Dammy Im and yeah. I think. Who else from Australia has been Hang on there? a second, hang on. Peter, that was Peter, wasn't it? Peter. <laughs> yes, it was. That is a bold statement. Danny Minogue is bigger than Guy Sebastian and Danny Im. Um, not in Australia, maybe, but internationally. Like, I mean, Danny's been known yeah. for years, for decades in mm. the UK. And, and, you know, she's had hits. She's got that pedigree. She's been around for so much longer than the likes of Guy and Dammy. And um, who else was it that did Eurovision from Australia? Just look at Malboy, do just look at uh, Eurovision. Just something. I think it was a showcase. But so, look, yeah, I think showcase, she. Yeah. I mean, well you had Kate Miller Heike as well. She was fabulous. You That's know, she right. Was You're right. Yeah. yeah, she did the Australia decides and and the, anyway. Look, what, so what are we? I mean, I'm really interested to hear what you everyone thinks of the the, the new single. I mean, well, I love the way that you're taking the steering wheel, Peter. But, but hold on one moment. Hold on one moment. Just, George showed him. Sorry. Oh no, please! Tell me to I get mean, back I'm, in my just I, I was leaning over for a glass of wine, and there he was. He took control of the, of the ship. I just wanted I for reference. Oh, sorry, I must. You know, you, you'll 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 see. You'll hear. Guy Sebastian, just for reference, 1.3 million monthly listeners on Spotify. How many do you think Danny has? Less, fewer than that. Anyone want to have a stab? I I, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> About 120,000. Oh, is that all? How really? many? Wow. 120,000, yeah. Yeah. Look, it's true. Danny doesn't have the same 
Uh, in all fairness, so- though, like with Guy as an example, he is releasing a lot more than what Danny is. You know, like he releases a lot more albums. He releases singles. You know, well, it's I think battle he- scars actually, Alki. Battle scars. Sometimes just that one big song that yeah, breaks I suppose. Through yeah, I get you. Yeah, that's a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point, Alki. And look, Danny spent the last. 13 or 14 years basically being a Melbourne mum. I mean, that's been her focus um, in the streaming era and and kudos to her, but her focus has been on on raising Ethan and providing a home for, you know, so, yeah. I mean, Danny was doing stuff for decades before streaming even existed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, yeah. I think it's, you know, core fans like ourselves that, that are like, you know, you know, she releases something or she's there on TV or something, we're like there, you know, we're like, oh, what's she doing now? Where, why is she on an interview? Why, where is she going or what is she doing, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, I think, you know, for me, it stems all the way back from, you know, the, the YTT days, you know, like it's sort of like I'm still there. I'm like, I'm hanging on every, like I want an album, I want a tour, I want, I still want all this stuff to, to sort of to happen and it's, you know, and it's, yeah. Um, it'd be nice if it did. I'm glad that she's getting back into it, like, you know. Don't know where it will they lead, are but... a hardworking, hardworking family. This Minogue family have got to they say. Are. Now, they are thinking about us. All right, so thinking about us. Danny likes a bit of a, a hyphenated thing. It's very nineties, so it's not thinking about us, folks. It's thinking about us. Yeah, I wish it was thinking about, thinking us. about us. Two apostrophes would have been nice, but no, it's thinking the proper English about that's funky English us. <laughs> okay, so thinking about us. What do we think? Uh, Look, I think it's catchy as hell. I think it's bright. It's mm. fresh. Um, it's current. When that bass kicks in, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I think yeah. still got it. This is a return to form for me because I didn't really, to be honest, even though I'm a huge Danny and Kylie fan, I didn't really like some of the singles that we've had over the past few years. I thought We Could Be The One was a bit, I don't know, it was cat- It was okay, but it was, for me, I, it was I a bit... I don't know, that grew on me. The more I listened to We Could Be The One, I mean, I love the show. I thought the show was quite fun Yeah. Um, and great to watch. Um, and I look, I think there's a new one coming out with, with the ladies to get a chance to, to find the one. Um, there is. Yeah. But I, 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 I don't know, I, I found that song quite catchy. I actually quite liked it. It was on my playlist. Actually, still is in one of my playlists I, I listen to at least once or twice a month. You know, I quite... I, it's a... It's probably one of my, you know, I like other songs that she did, like holding on and things like that. Took a lot longer for me to go. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It was, you know, um, but or summer of love, I think it was, and it was that was like oh, summer was of a, love. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was probably one of my least favorite. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, and look, Galaxy which felt to me like a Sia cast off. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind <laughs> of was, was like just happy to have like a bit of a verse and a bit of a chorus. <laughs> <laughs> but Alki, I still haven't heard from you. When when you heard "Thinking About Us," "Thinking About Us," sorry, for the first time, what did you think? Oh, I loved it. It it took me back to you know like Danny of old. You know, it was like this. This is neon like, lights. It was like I'm back. You know, like it started off kind of like slowish, and then like as Peter said, that beat kind of kicked in, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm here for this. You know. And even though I'm sick at the moment, I was, you know, grooving in my bed, dancing and moving and, you know, doing my, my arm movements and everything. So, no, it definitely. Uh, Danny Minogue, if Danny Minogue, if you are listening, I mean, if you got someone with COVID to move their limbs along to That's your new it. song, then you've, you've achieved a lot. I think this is so. amazing. I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, the more I listened, I was like, oh, I'm liking this. Oh, I'm liking this. 
I love it. Just fabulous. It's just wonderful. And the timing is great too. I mean, you know, obviously it's going to be, I think it's going to be big in the clubs. And here in yeah. Sydney, we have Mardi Gras kicking off this yeah. month. Mm. And uh, so I think it'll tie in really nicely with that. And, and I, I heard, exp- I thought, um, I think there's a, a remix single coming out soon as well already in the works. Okay. I'm not sure if that was just for the UK or here as well, but I saw a, something oh, on Facebook nice. or Instagram about a, a, a remix single coming out. And I was like, oh, that's that's quick, but okay, <laughs> why not? And, and, <laughs> Yeah, and the, look, the snippets, because obviously the song's out, but the video's not out yet, but the snippets of the video we've seen, she looks amazing. Oh, I mean, so, I know, right? Just, oh, yeah. I think she's taken that potion from Death Becomes Her or something. I don't know what she's oh, done. I know, but, like, <laughs> you know, like when she, when she was like, oh, I'm 52, I'm like, no, you're not. I'm like, oh, wait, you're But it's the female it, Benjamin Button. Oh, she just keeps looking, you know, more and more gorgeous, like. The video uh, clip harks back, or the snippets we've seen at least, uh, hark back to neon lights. There's a, that yes. alleyway that she's walking down, and yeah. it's got a lot of neon lights about it. And it has the phone, yeah. the pink phone, you know, from All I Want to Do. It kind of has a reference Ooh. to that as well. That's true, right. too. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. nicely picked. Who the devil is auto-tune? No idea. <laughs> I don't know anything about, like, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. The only thing I know is that he plays it. Clubs like Ark. I mean, he's done I Remember House and Poof Doof in Sydney. That's all I know about him. Um, what? I mean, I saw and, him and, do and a, a promo with Danny for the, the song, I think, yesterday. And he's not a bad-looking chap, but that's pretty much all I could say about him. <laughs> yeah, well, I know his name is his name is technically Autone, but I'm going to call him Auto-tune. Autotune like everybody has. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, and he's also not featured. It's It's like... It's got Danny Minogue, comma, autone. I have never seen the representation of uh, sort of a duet, if you want to call it that, like that. And he also doesn't sing on it, so it's very interesting. No, he doesn't. They've got equal billing, really, isn't Mm, it? Yeah. Is he like like the the DJ or the mixer, or is that what he's done? Or like he's mixed a song or something, or? Don't know. I know he co-wrote. He's got writing credits on it. I know that. Oh, okay. I don't know much about him. Yeah. Um, as you guys have mentioned, Danny Minogue has hosted a show in the UK. It was fairly successful. She's about to host season two of that, which is was I Kissed a Girl this time instead of I Kissed a Boy. Yep. Let's just hear what Danny had to say about that experience. I Kissed a Boy, UK's first ever gay dating show. Mm-hmm. How can that be in 2023? Mm-hmm. But here we are. It's finally it's happening. happening. And it- it's and it's just boys, time. isn't it? It's not, it's not our this lesbian is just sisters, boys. it's boys. This is just boys. We're in Italy and it starts with a kiss. So mm-hmm. we have a matchmaking team. So there's a big profile um, process that goes on before not only do we choose who's on the show but who they're looking for, who they're not looking for and try and create a really great match because I get a buzz like, you know, I don't know if you do when you like hook up friends and you're oh, like, yeah. I think this is going to work. This and it's, Emma's uh, it's so exciting. So they start with a kiss and then we see what happens after that if they agree with the match that we've made. So Peter and Alki, this is the thing. In, in Australia, I think uh, that Danny Minogue is seen as somebody who just hasn't been around for a long time. But it would be fair to say in the UK, this lady is huge like from x factor mm. days yeah and like she's been in people's living rooms right she's beginning yeah. for sure yeah why do you both love her so much you're both mega danny fans and you've hung in there for a very long time <laughs> what makes you love danny so much um do you want to go first uh, sorry do you- okay. <laughs> sure yeah um 
I think, I mean, I've loved Mr. Young Talent. Um, like, you know, crispy no, I probably knew about her before I knew about Kylie. Um, but, I mean, I love Kylie just as much. But Danny, I don't know. I think it's her drive. It's her passion. It's her excitement. You know, every time she does something, whether it's a TV show or whether it's a um, – and it's her detail. Like, she always looks it, like, just wow. You know what I mean? Like, she's always – like, when she did the show – um, you know, she always makes that that look. You know, like when I was watching um, the show, that you know, with the, the, I can't even know. I've lost my thought train of thought now. Um, you know, every time she came out, I was like more excited to see her <laughs> than than what the boys were doing. You know, because she just she just has this thing about her. You know, she's just I don't know. It's just it's, it's like she's just unapologetic for who she has been, you know, from the Playboy times to, to all the stuff that she's gone through over the years, it's just made her better. You know, it's it's been her driving force. You know, she's like, you know what, that was me back then. That's how what happened. I, I've I've had that happen to me, but I've moved on. I didn't I didn't let I didn't let it get me down where a lot of I think a lot of other artists have had similar things happen and they've gone, I can't come back. I I, I don't have that willpower anymore or whatever. That's, I think, Alki, I think I have to agree with you. Um, look, I think she's unapologetic and yeah. she's got a real sass about her and a yeah. bit of, she's spirited, you know. But, I mean, I have to say part of, a big part of the reason I love her is I just love the Minogues. For me, they're a bit of a package. Yeah. I love both. So. Um, oh, I see them together and I, I, I lose my shit. Yeah. I've got to admit, like, excuse my friend. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh my way. You know. But they're quite different in a, in a way. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kylie mm. more. Um, Danny's got a, Danny's more sassy and a bit more out there than Kylie is. But I mean, I think Kylie's got much more of a, and maybe much more more of a drive in terms of being a pop star. I mean, Kylie just never stops. I mean, she um, she does that. Know. That she's she's like a constant locomotion. You know, no pun intended. But yeah. she just, she just like you know like she releases like her last album. You know, Tension, brilliant album. But then it's like, let's do Vegas, let's do this, let's do that. Like it's 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 she's constantly on the move. You know what she I mean? And she's a juggernaut. But whereas Danny, I think, is a bit more of a good time girl. She kind of records when she feels like it and does stuff. Exactly. She, she does. Um, she doesn't do it for the sake of doing it. She goes, "I'll do it now. I'm. I'm. Uh, this is what I want to do." Or an opportunity comes up. It's like the song. You know, we could be the one. She wasn't actually gonna do a song or a single for that. The the show. But then her good friend wrote the, the actual song and said, hey, you know, what do you think of this? Do you want to kind of like sing it? And she was like, yeah. oh, I like it. Why not? You know, so I think a lot of her music just comes to her. Um, and then yeah. she does a fabulous job on it. And obviously songs like Thinking About Us, it's something that I'm not sure how long it's been in the pipelines for. Um, I do remember, I think a few months ago, there was like a, a picture of her on Instagram in the studio with DNA and a few other people and people were like, oh, what's this about? That's what's going yeah, on? Yeah. You know? Um, and it's exciting because you don't expect it from Danny. Like Kylie is that is the artist. You know what I mean? Kylie is, yeah, we're gonna get an album, we're gonna get a tour, we're gonna get four or five singles, we're gonna get twelve thousand versions of the album, you know, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna have that fabulous experience. But with Danny we're like, oh what are we gonna get? Are we gonna get a single or are we gonna get another single? And and you know there's one other aspect that I really like about Danny and it's it's that I kind of always like the underdog and let's be honest, Danny's always been a bit of the underdog in terms of the Minogue sisters. Mm. Um, I don't think Danny's had it easy. She's kind of in a lot of ways um 
And, and I like that about her too. But just, sorry, Tim, to, to give you a succinct answer, it's really that I love both Minogue's and she's part of that package. And yeah. Well, she's spoken in some detail about um, – she's constantly asked, where's the new album? And this is the Minogue work ethic. She Her response is always the same, that she doesn't want to do it half-assed. If she was yeah. going to release an album, yeah. she needs to go and tour it internationally, give it its absolute best shot. Success is very important in the Minogue family. It really no. is as much as hard work is. So there you go. I've got to say, when I first heard Thinking, oh, thinking About Us, <laughs> not Thinking About Us, Thinking About Us, Oh, Danny, you've got to rename this. Uh, <laughs> I thought of too much of the Aphrodite album, Kylie's um, Aphrodite oh, okay. album. Do I have reviews see the similarity or not so much? Yeah, I can see that. I can hear that. That was yeah. written by Jake Shears uh, too much as well. So clubbish. Yeah, it's very club. I mean, Danny's more, I, I see sort of Danny as a bit more clubby and uh, club, mm. whereas Kylie's a little bit more poppy. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, look, just, I don't know what you guys think, but I don't think this is going to be like a massive hit or anything. I think it'll be great in the clubs. It'll get definitely some attention. It's not going to be like Padam Padam or something like that, but no. it'll, it's a, a good, solid sort of club hit for it, I think. And hopefully, in the yeah. iTunes charts at the moment, it's sitting at number three, I think I saw someone wow. said. Um, that's wow. Wow. Hours uh, after release. That's yeah, amazing. So that's, that's sort of, the, I thought that was pretty exciting. And I think. Yeah, I mean, it's lovely if it gets some chart success. It's it's hard now because some of the songs, to be honest, that they play on the radio, you're like, really, they're playing this? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and it's um, so much about streaming now. It depends on really the record company and if they can yeah. get a song into the streaming playlists. Um, so, but I mean, I think it's a great song. I, I think it deserves but a lot of to have artists it. these days. Like you know, even like like Madonna and so forth, they release a single and they're not granted or guaranteed that it's going to be on the radio. You know, it's exactly. It's, it's sort of like like exactly. the one that she did popular, the one that Madonna did with Weekend. You know, I think Weekend because he attracts that younger crowd. The radio stations went, oh yeah, that's that sounds good. Oh, it has Madonna. That that's a bit of a bonus. And it's, you know, yeah. it was a number one single for her again. You know what I mean? And it's it's interesting that, you know, she releases a solo single and it doesn't it doesn't happen, you know. So when you have Danny and Kylie and all that, a lot of their songs, like Badam Badam was amazing, but the other singles from the album, they didn't really get that much airplay. Yeah, true. Look, that's the thing, and that's why I say I don't expect it to be a big hit. Not because it's not good, but, I mean, even Kylie and Madonna have trouble. yeah impacting the charts now but look um it's different do the charts even matter as much as they used to anyway no i don't think so i really don't think so if we're going to be honest thinking about us is just it's a reminder isn't it danny from danny to all of us i'm still around i'm still here and who knows it might also be (laughs) the segue to eurovision absolutely you never know now peter and alki this has been Amazing. Thank you for being so passionate about uh, Danny Minogue and her new <laughs> single. Can I Anytime. just um, give you both a bit of an opportunity? Where can people find you if you want people to find you? Some people come to the fortress and wear a fake moustache. They don't want people to find you. Where can people find you? Well, um, can I, yeah. you go first, Alki. You're probably more active on socials than I am. Oh, I, I, mean, I mean, my Instagram is talki16, so T-A-L-K-I-16. And Facebook, my name's Alki, so it's... A-L-K-I. There's not many people with that name on, on Facebook, so I'm sure you'll find me <laughs> if you really want to. 
Oh, well, I'll look you up. Um, so, look, I, to be honest, I'm like not that active on socials. I'm I'm really old school. Like I'm, I'm a bit of a dinosaur. But I'm on Facebook. So Peter Hackney, uh, Facebook. You can add me if you want. Um, I do have Twitter and Instagram, but they're sort of a bit, a bit. Um, what am I? How should I say? They're not very well populated with content. <laughs> just, but uh, look. Add me on Facebook if you want. <laughs> I'll tell okay. you what, Peter, I can relate to that because I've got X, Threads, Instagram, and honestly, you should see the kids watching me try to upload something to Instagram. I'm like, how do you add the link? I can get the photo. I can't add the link to the show. How do you do it? And then they refuse to show me until I learn it for myself. It's just very irritating. So, yeah, Facebook is very I'm easy. Like, so yeah. I speak Facebook's to easy. It's a bit more old school. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> old school. That's a, that's a hip way of getting yourself out of, I can't be bothered learning <laughs> new technology, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Peter and Alki, thank you. Let's hope people go and listen to Thinking About Us. Well, let's thank hope you Thank guys. you so much for having, having us, Tim. And yeah, lovely to you. be and you I'm lowering the drawbridge, okay? So just make your way out. And by the way, I can see, Alki, can see my Archibald under your arm. Give it back. <laughs> oh, damn, we weren't meant to see that, bugger. This isn't Janet Jackson, and I love listening to Time to Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, please make some noise for... Mr. David, how are you? Hi. Now, David, you're in the fortress to deliver some controversial news. I hope you know that. Really? (laughs) It wasn't long ago, what, maybe even just last night, that you were at the celebration tour and you've delivered a rating. Get this, listeners. I'll separate myself a bit from David here. Hey, listeners, lean in. David here. C+. He's given Madonna a C+. Whatever. <laughs> 40 years in the business and he goes, hmm, that was all right, C+. Partial credit. <laughs> How was it? Like, it was, you didn't like the recorded tracks, I think you said. Yeah, the, so the reason I gave her a C+, and the, she's been having sound issues in the United States uh, from what I've read. Sound issues? <laughs> sound issues there's no live band it's all pre-recorded tracks but it's very muddy and so the the higher levels of the stadiums are getting good sound but now see i was on the first level it just wasn't clear coherent good mm, that's not you good. couldn't bob you could not understand bob at all so and he's a funny drag queen i notice this in a lot of concerts they don't seem to adjust uh, the audio, whether that's volume or something else, for the stadium. Every stadium's different. And I've been to some concerts, not only of Madonna, other artists since like, far out, man, turn it down a little bit because it's so distorted I can't hear what you're saying. What a shame. Perfect, perfect word, Tim, distorted. Very distorted sounding, yes. Mm. Is it the audio or was it Madonna that you were disappointed with? Uh, okay, so the audio a little bit, and I'll, I'll just tell you, uh, let me just start with the positives. You know, she's 65, she still rocks the stage. I love her stage confidence. Her dancers were on par. It, it just seemed very messy, and it's not a cohesive set at all. She's all over the place, but it was still entertaining. And, you know, it's Madonna. And there were a few times I thought she, I'm like, don't get too close to the edge, girlfriend. I don't want you falling off the stage now, you know? 
Oh my goodness, a bit of the, the Joe Biden's about it by the sound of it. You're worried you wanted to go and take her by the arm and say, well, there's a step here, dear. Is that what it was? I'm not an ageist. I'm not. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Was it, maybe she needed another two months or three months before she got back on stage after wow. her illness. Look, is it the comparison to old tours? Is it because she set the highest possible standard with her previous tours? Right. Her stadium tours were always polished, high tech, just just beyond perfectly choreographed. She was so tight with everything. And this just seemed, again, not very cohesive. It seemed like a big mess. Like she just was, hey, I don't care. I mean, obviously she had a set list and everything, but uh, I did not get I Will Survive. I was a little disappointed because I, I've loved watching that in the clips at other cities. Instead of I Will Survive, she gave us Express Yourself. She sang it beautifully. She, that uh, Whenever she did just acapella stuff, that's when I was most impressed. And like I told you earlier, she did a, a beautiful snippet of This Used to Be My Playground from Yay. A League of Their Own. And, and we was, do believe that's the first time ever yeah, live. Yes. You know, everybody said, you know, that's one of the songs, your number one songs that you've never performed live. So it was just nice to, to hear a little snippet of it. We got to sing with her. What was it like to be in her energy, though? Was she still, was the aura of Madonna as strong as ever? No, her her energy, she was low energy. Wow. Yeah, except, <laughs> when she, okay, so Ray of Light was part of the encore, and she was in that, you know, that box that, that flies over the stadium. <laughs> she was, she that, that was done very well, and she was, you know, she could only dance so much, you know, because she's attached to a, a security rope. You don't want her falling out on the people. But yeah, just, I felt like, I mean, obviously she just, she doesn't dance like she used to. We're not going to get that anymore, but she, she still gave it her all. And I, and I want to give her credit for that. You know, just my expectations are always super, super high for that woman. So, well, if the rumor is true, and I don't know if it's a rumor or actually, I think it's confirmed. I think she's spoken about it, um, that she's had a hip replacement, then she isn't ever going to be able to dance. From what I can see in the clips, she dances from the waist up now. Yes. Uh, everything's choreographed with the art, a bit like what Kylie's been doing since body language, actually, um, for different reasons. <laughs> but yeah, amazing. Like from the, from the waist down, she's had to adapt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And this has been this has been since Madame X. You know, that's when she was having a lot of her first issues. Was Correct. Back in 2019, yeah. 2020. So So what were the highlights of the show? Did you did you enjoy Bob the drag queen even though you couldn't hear him? It, Bob was great. You know, I think he's really I mean, I I can't speak for how he was in Europe. Uh but uh, I'm sure he felt so confident his little uh the way he opened the show just you know teasing people his confidence level and his comedic timing was was spot on so i was very impressed with him and her dancers were great and highlights for me i mean i loved ray light i actually didn't like her encore watching it on like clips on youtube but bitch i madonna was was good and then i just wish that celebration and music she kind of intertwined them together i wish it was just a little bit longer I've heard that criticism before that the show sort of comes to quite an abrupt end. Very much what? so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, the speculation was that she'd correct that because that was constant feedback 
people going, oh, is that it? Is it finished? That's because she usually rounds off a show almost like a storybook, doesn't she? She has a very firm ending, but here it's just, I've heard she's just gone. Yeah. The, my Probably my least favorite Madonna encore of all her tours. Are you only seeing it the one time? Uh, I may, you know, I'm a Vegas lover. I may go see it in Vegas next month. We'll see. Ooh, is she going to Vegas? Is she? Yeah. Now she's, so she's doing, um, Vancouver and she's doing, uh, now the West coast and the Southern part of the United States. So Texas, Florida, David, obviously yeah. I'm having an out of body experience. You know who is in Vegas right now, don't you? Of course, till May, yes. Come on now, peoples. We, I think we discussed this not on a podcast, but just together. Yeah, I mean, it would be amazing for her to have Kylie do the Vogue, uh, you know, runway snippet. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's too vulgar, too crude. I don't want Kylie <laughs> to do that. I don't want her getting spanked or some bare-bottomed person wiggling in her face. That's not Kylie, no. No. Well, well, look, you've give, you've given us an honest review, and that's all we can ask for. Yeah. For any of the listeners who are going to write to me and say they want to know where David lives, where his <laughs> mother shops, where his children go to school, I'm not going to pass on any of these details. You cannot have them. You are denied. In fact, is David even his real name? You don't know. <laughs> hey, I I still I there were, I threw a lot of positives in there, you know. So one of my favorite. <laughs> like the songs that she performed and it was uh, she was flat she's vocally she's like sometimes she was like spot on but you know open your heart blew me away that was really mm-hmm. really good and she did the A whole chair thing. yeah she did the whole uh she did the uh, open your heart with the she did the chair dance you know like as she did in the video and she had all the same kind of visuals like those uh, 1920s, like Art Deco-y kind of men hanging all over the stadium. It was, it, I thought that was, and of course, Live to Tell has been a huge hit amongst all her fans because that was her tribute to her friends that have died of AIDS and countless others. And that was really, really beautiful. And Bad Girl, I've heard, is one of the highlights of the show, but not for you. No, because she didn't sing it uh, in key at all, and it was, it was, it was not good. Uh, well. Let's not apologize. No, let's not apologize. <laughs> we'll just, you have to hide. It's lucky you're going to Vegas. Maybe you can go under the desert or something. Aren't there little caves under there or something? I don't know. They hide can come the at me. I, I don't care. I can take it. I can take it. So You reckon? Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Thanks for letting us know about the show, David. I know you've been waiting to go for it, go to it for so many months. You've been so excited to see it. So yeah, I'm really... I mean, it, um, you, we the tickets went on sale last year, January, so it's been over a year. Incredible, right? And what a journey it's been to get there. So it must have been like quite profound to even get into the stadium after all that time. So well done. <laughs> Absolutely. Congratulations. Nice to hear your voice, David. Thank you, Tim. Always good to hear your voice too. Thanks so much for the for letting me speak. Sometimes amateurs know best, and the lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk, the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. Well, one of my most favorite series ever 
which is Feud, Betty versus Joan. It finally has a sequel. I've been on about this on the show for, you know, three or four years, I'd say. The first two episodes of this new series have just been released. Now, it has absolutely nothing to do with Joan and Betty this time. This Feud series focuses on the real-life scandal between the author of Breakfast at Tiffany's, Truman Capote, and his New York socialite circle of women. Now, probably like you, I've watched the first two episodes. That's all they've released so far. I'm starting to really enjoy it. I was struggling to follow it, but I am a little bit thick. <laughs> I, I've never, I have a blanket rule. I never ever read anything about a show or a movie that I want to watch. I blanket ban all interviews, previews. I don't watch, I don't read absolutely anything so and i've never heard of this particular feud so for the whole first two episodes i was honestly waiting i can't believe i'm gonna admit this for truman capote to start whacking people you know i thought he was a mobster i thought truman capote was a famous mobster he's actually in truth an acid-tongued author and um on reflection i may have been thinking of al capone after all <laughs> I also spent the entire first two episodes just totally convinced that Capote was played by David Spader. You watch it. If you have watched it, tell me you can't unsee that. This is a spitting image of David Spader. And I was thinking, what a bloody, unbelievably versatile activist man is. I've always admired him, but wow, he's done it again. Turns out it's not him. I still don't know who the actor is. I can tell you whoever he is, whoever you are, sir, you are unbelievable. He is so good in this. So what's the point of all of this rant? In honour of famous celebrity feuds, I'm joined by Jordan and Mark. Jordan, why do we love celebrity feuds so damn much? Why do we watch soap operas? It's because we've just got this need to see other people's dramas unfold. I don't know, maybe it makes us feel... Maybe my life isn't so bad if they're, you know, over there having a cat fight or something. You know, it's. Do you agree, Mark? Is it a bit of tall poppy? Do we like seeing I, the I rich was... and the unbelievably famous dumped on their face? Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was going to use the word tall poppy as well because that's such an Australian thing. Um, what, but I was going to. But yeah, like that total Schadenfreude tall poppy thing. That's what it is. We love to. We love a bit of gossip, but then we also love it's like, oh, something a little bit salacious is even better. Jordan, did I just hear you ask what is the tall poppy syndrome? Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't know what that was at all. I've never yeah, heard of it. It is an Australian term, isn't it, Mark? Do you want to try and have a hit at that? Um, it's, so, what tall poppies are? They're, they're like big flower. I think they're flowers that grow tall in a field. Um, and the metaphor is the celebrity who gets. Too tall, and they have to be cut down. That's what it is. Yeah, but okay. also the, the 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 effort that goes into making them so tall in the first place. We fertilize them, that we nurture them, we love them, we tend to them, and then when they grow so tall, we lop them off. We're not just talking about Hollywood today. We're talking about celebrities in general. And gentlemen, do you mind if I start us off with a, a, a celebrity feud that's fascinated me since the nineties? Does that sound okay? Yeah, well, go on. That's what we see. From a very young age, I was always obsessed with not the person, but the behaviour of Shannon Doherty. Oh. Um, 90210. I didn't watch it, but 
uh, I think my sister did, so I used to catch it, and obviously I couldn't avoid it. It was in all the Smash Hits magazines, and these people were big. Anyone on 90210 became huge. But as I say, pre-internet, but somehow still the world was aware that there was this bad behaviour from Shannon Doherty and that everyone hated her. In fact, it was even better pre-internet because you couldn't do any fact-checking. You just had to accept what you were told on the playground, really. Shannon Doherty's a bitch. So on 90210, there were all these rumours, but then she went on to be on Charmed, right? Back in, um, I think it premiered in 98, but it was certainly like known as an early 2000s show. Initially, all we heard about was how good and how well they were all getting along together. So I've done a bit of research. This was around the premiere of Charmed. Milano, Alyssa Milano, she said, I feel, I feel that we're incredibly lucky that the three of us have found each other. That's what she said. We all have horses and we, we have so many things in common. I mean, Holly and I keep our horses at the same ranch. We go riding together. We're so similar. We're so close. We're so blessed. It's like a big slumber party every day. We giggle a lot. That's literally a quote. I'm not making that up. <laughs> so so close were the classmates that when Milano married musician Kim Jong Tate in 1999, Kim Jong, wasn't he bound for big things with a name like that she asked doherty and combs to be her bridesmaids okay so you're bearing with me guys this yeah, is yeah, yeah. um happy yeah. days so far right happy jolly happy jolly everyone's making a lot of money and we've got a hit show and we're riding together and we share a ranch and have slumber parties uh then it got to the point where things fell apart and it's often reported that it was between Alyssa milana and shannon doherty alone and that's just not true it was all three of these ladies. So this is what uh, Milano later said after the show was finished. There were times where I'd come in and say, good morning, Shannon, and she didn't say anything to me. And there were times where she'd come in and say, good morning, Alyssa, and I wouldn't say anything to her. This is good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Giving you a good, a good visual because we know what these ladies look like, so you can just you can imagine it on the set. And then she said, I think it's hard when you put two very different people together. I'm very laid back and passive. Shannon's got a lot of energy. She's very headstrong. She wants to get the job done. Wasn't Shannon a producer, though? <laughs> was she a producer, was she, on that she show? I think she was a producer. <laughs> and it sounds like she was doing a job. <laughs> okay, because Paul Shannon, she was the most one of the most hated women of the 90s and early 2000s. So when Shannon left at the end of season three... She said there was too much drama on this. Oh, by the way, there was a press release that went out that said, oh, she wants to look at other projects. She wants to explore other things, you know, all that bullshit that happens. But very close to the time of leaving, she also said in a magazine, there was too much drama on the set and not enough passion for the work. You know, I'm 30 years old and I don't have time for drama in my life anymore. <laughs> I know that you're both dying to know what Holly Marie Combs says about all of this on reflection. She only yeah. said this this year. I said, why would you hire her again? Just fire her. And um, he said, we didn't mean to. And he said, but we've been backed into this corner. He said, you know, we're basically in a position where it's one or the other. We were told that it's, it's her or me. And Alyssa has threatened to sue us for a hostile workplace environment, which because she went to the therapist or the mediator or the corporate mediator or whatever 
the heck his title is. She built a case for herself where she was documenting every time she felt uncomfortable on set and for whatever reason, whereas you and I refused to speak to him. So that's where the deck was stacked. By today's standard, it wouldn't even qualify because there were no onset, you know, brawls. There was no either even like harsh words exchanged. It was all behind the scenes. It was all in a trailer. It was nothing that anybody or any of our guest stars ever noticed or noted and you know there's not a director that would not work with you again there's not any one of our crew members that did not have a great time working with you so by today's standards it wouldn't fly <laughs> i love it see the reason uh, i asked you jordan why do we love celebrity feuds for me it's because they just live in this other world and it's a little bit spiteful but they sort of deserve everything they get they have no <laughs> clue what it's like to have to get up really early in the morning public transport yourself to work flog yourself yeah. to death working for the man coming home doing it all over again and that's your life until you die these people are filthy rich and still complain about how much they do and don't get and i love it i love it when there's a little bit of a feud like this i, I saw this thing speaking of Alyssa milano the other day um she put up some GoFundMe page to send her son's soccer team of something for her son's soccer team, and it, it didn't make the money yeah. that they needed for the trip. And she was all, oh, you know, this is so bad. I feel so bad for them. It's like, what? <laughs> Why are we hearing about this? <laughs> this is unbelievable. I, I wasn't sure if I was on Team Shannon or Team Alyssa until I went and researched Alyssa Milano, who I loved. From Wasn't she Who's the Boss? She was great she, and she was, she was very cute and cute, the boss, very sassy. And as Mark just said, $10,000, she puts a GoFundMe page and she writes, I'm going to tell you what she wrote. My son's baseball team is raising money for their Cooperstown trip. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. You can read more about the team and make a donation here. $10,000 she's trying to scab from the general public to get her son and his team to a uh, baseball fall of, hall of fame. And then she got roasted like a chestnut for it, and rightly so. People were literally writing, you're worth $10 million, and by the way, it's a lot more than that. You're worth this amount of money, and yet you're scabbing money from the public. And then she, she doubled down. That's what celebrities do, don't they? They're so out of touch. They don't realise that she's been tone deaf. She doesn't realise she doesn't take any accountability. She writes on X, is it called these days? Every parent raises money for their child's sport team and many of them do it through GoFundMe. I am no different. And then she writes, as, and then she tripled down, if it's such an expression, as much as I'd love to pay for the entire team and their families for travel, transportation, hotel, food and beverage, uniforms, trading pins and all the things teams do for this kind of trip, I cannot afford to do so. Maybe someday... I mean, the woman's a fruitcake. I saw that and I did wonder what it was all about. And then as soon as her name um, came up in this conversation, I think I automatically jumped to Shannon's defence because I just, I, she always comes out with stuff that is um, lacking in self-awareness, I think. I was just going to say, you'd, you'd think that like, you'd pause and go, someone else from the team should put this up and I should stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good look. Yeah, maybe maybe one of the other mums could do it, whatever. But, I mean, I looked back because I was like, is this lady really this out of touch? She's awful. 
She is a horrible, horrible lady. The ultimate virtue signaler. So all around me too, any environmental cause, anything that's going, she's out there with the placard, she's putting the tweets out there, but her behaviour doesn't match her words or her attitude. She is so out of touch. She is actually vile. That's how much I don't like Alyssa Milano. After my deep dive into her over the past few days. Am I too harsh? You haven't really. Like, you haven't completely slagged her off. Like, you know, you've said what you think pretty reasonably and i and I, I do think the same thing and i did think the same thing so yeah well let's stay on this view just for a few minutes longer let's hear from shannon about why she left charmed and about this alleged feud well it's not alleged it's completely confirmed i lived a you know a year after that sort of replaying everything in my brain and really like trying to find those moments where we and I couldn't find them. Like there was no, like we never had it out. You know, there are things that you can forgive and forget. And I was pretty harsh saying that I would never uh, forgive or forget. And I was contemplating that again today and yesterday. And I thought, is there forgiveness? I think well, there's acceptance, right. which as you get older, you accept that a situation happened. But acceptance and moving on with your life does not equate to forgiveness. You just learn a lesson and look at somebody differently and and move on. Shannon Doherty there talking about how she felt after she left. She's still, you know, she's sick, terminally ill, and <laughs> she's still not forgiving Alyssa Milano. And I think that says a lot. But... Just to be fair and to even this out, between 1992 and 94, all of that coverage that some of you will remember, the fighting between Doherty and all of her co-stars on 90210, basically all of them, it dominated tabloid head headlines, particularly, as Mark mentioned, her feud with Jenny Garth. Now, this is really fun. There was all these reports at the time of, of Shannon parting too heavy, being late to set and physical fights. Now, I parked that for decades, thinking as if physical fights, nah, Jenny Garth, Shannon Doherty, pulling each other's hair in their pajamas or underwear, no, nah, not going to happen. <laughs> However, I found a quote from Tory Spelling. Now, some of you will know that Tory Spelling is the spoilt, also out-of-touch daughter of Aaron Spelling, who was the producer and creator of many, many great shows, in the uh, 70s, 80s. And this is what Tori Spelling said. I think she wrote a book. Uh, she writes, I remember I could hear the door fly open and everyone screaming and crying. Then that's when I was told the boys just had to break up Jenny and Shannon. It was like a fist fight, a full-on fist fight. And Tori then admitted that she phoned her dad, Aaron Spelling, to get Shannon fired. And that looking back, she now regrets this. This is how she feels now. I felt like I was part of something, a movement or something that cost someone their livelihood, a tearful spelling shared. Was she a horrible person? No, she was one of the best friends I ever had. So she's, Tori got her fired and, and regrets it to this day. I reckon there's more to that story because she was always best friends with Tori's spelling. So for something to have happened and her just to pick up the phone and ring her dad and say, I want, you to, I want, you, I want her to be fired. There's more to that story. 
But Shannon, she obviously had a problem. She had a funny childhood. She was arrested for drunk driving in 2000, I remember, um, weaving all over some road. So these are all very spoilt, entitled brats. Oh, yeah. Can I leave the final word to Alyssa herself? This is what she had to say about the feud. Go on. I would say we are cordial. You know, I can take responsibility for a lot of our tension that we had, feeling that I was in competition rather than it it being that sisterhood that the show is so much about. And I have some guilt about my part in that. Well, yeah, and I think that that's why when I heard about her diagnosis, I reached out to her. And I, I will send her DMs every couple of months to just check in. I have respect for her. Great actress. Yeah. Loves her family so much. And I just wish I could have felt strong enough in who I was mm-hmm. to recognize that then. I- and I'll leave you with this. And if you go and look up Alyssa Milano talking about Shannon Doherty, there's not a lot. But any time she does, she will what she would believe to be very cleverly weave in the fact that after she found out Shannon was sick, that she reached out to her. She's absolutely determined to squeeze that little nugget of information into everything. The woman is obsessed with perception, obsessed with what people think of her. It's all a facade. She's a vile little turnip. Look, here's the thing. Shannon is openly a bitch. Like, she just has it. She'll get her claws out and she'll dig them into Jenny Garth's face and she'll be angry and she'll be red and hot-headed. But Alyssa is one of these absolutely – she's just a button pusher for me because you've all worked with them. I know you have. These ones that go around, they're all prim and proper and say all the right things and smile really sweetly at your face, but they are absolutely nasty behind your back. That's Alyssa Milano. Hey, Jordan. You have to – if it takes something like a terminal cancer diagnosis for you to reach out to somebody, and I think it's possibly even worse if you are just doing it as an act of virtue signaling. Exactly, and then they publicly say it. Do it privately. Well, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Terrible, terrible things. So I feel very unburdened now because that's been sitting heavily with me for thirty years. Well, I'm, 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 I'm glad. Like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't sure where you were going with this <laughs> 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 to begin with. But anyway, um, who I'm have glad, you got, I'm Mark? Sexy Sadie by the Beatles. Do you know what that is? Sexy Sadie has nothing to do with Sadie the Cleaning Lady. No, it doesn't Arnold. have anything to do with Sadie the Cleaning Lady. But it does. It's got to be Yoko related, though. No, it? it's it's not. It's oh. um, it's actually written about the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi um, that the Beatles all went and did some study with in India. But apparently, he. Um, sexually harassed Mia Farrow, and that is what the song is about. Really? Yeah. So hang on, the Beatles go and, you know, sit cross-legged with some Indian guru. Yeah, and Mia Farrow was there and, you know, all their wives were there. It was like this thing that they were all doing, and I think they wrote an album. I think think George Harrison got, like, right into the whole um, Eastern spirituality thing for, for years as well. But um, apparently this is an incident that happened while they were there and John Lennon wrote a song called Sexy Sadie. Well, I'm looking forward to you telling us about this song, but can I just say as an aside, I just finished watching the documentary um, Pharaoh versus Alan. Oh, yes. And, Jesus, it was so good. It was <laughs> It was brilliant. I had no expectations. I thought another... 
you know, one of those where you'll get nowhere by the end. But by the end of this, you will know exactly what happened in that family. Um, so what's this song all about? What what did they end up writing? Oh, um, do you want me to get the lyrics up? Um, hang on a sec. I haven't um, – I, I don't know the song that well. I just... Isn't it true, though, Jordan, while Mark's bringing that up, that if you anoint yourself a guru of anything, you're probably a sleazebag? Well, yes, anybody that's ever described as a, a whatever guru, um, in my experience, is not actually a guru of whatever they're claiming to be. Sexy Sadie, you broke the rules, you laid it down for all to see, you laid it down for all to see, uh, Sexy Sadie, you broke the rules. So I'm assuming that Sadie is Maharishi, I guess. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> otherwise, it, they're victim-blaming, otherwise. <laughs> no, I, no like, um, I don't think that John Lennon was into that. Sadie wasn't shorthand for Mia Farrow. No, look, I, I, I don't think so. And um, like, <laughs> he was always very defensive of Yoko and all of that. I can't imagine him being appreciative of that kind of thing in front of him so what an awesome little nugget i've never heard that story before never ever jordan which celebrity feud have you focused on um so one of them is uh lindsay lohan versus hillary duff because as soon as you because i'm a i grew up in the early 2000s as soon as you said celebrity feud that's what came to mind for me at one point both of them ended up dating um aaron carter Aaron uh, Carter from the Backstreet Boys, or the brother of the Backstreet Boy. The brother of the Backstreet Boys. Is that um, who he was? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, who is this person? And then you said, oh, that's right, he's a Backstreet Boys brother, that's it. Well, and he <laughs> yeah, also, <laughs> like, was severely, uh, had severe mental health issues, but he had this funny little career back in the day, like, he had the the blonde hair and he had not gone through puberty yet, yet he was singing rap songs from memory. Is that right, Jordan? Yeah, um, I Want Candy is probably his biggest hit. And it was so- <laughs> <laughs> oh, blast from the past, I remember it now. Yes. Yeah. Squatting into the camera with his fingers, yo-yo. Yep, I remember <laughs> yeah. it. Absolutely. Lately, so what, they both fighting over Aaron Carter? Yeah, I mean, it sounds ridiculous now, but as, as somebody that, you know, Growing up with that type, that that was the the feud. And you were either Team Lindsay or Team Hillary because he and you know I think he started off dating Hillary and then in the in two thousand one two thousand two ish and then he, he I think he said he just got bored of Hillary but never bothered to finish with her so just started going out with Lindsay. Um, some ridiculous thing where they all were going on like the cover of Teen Vogue and they were all there and that was it. That was the feud started. Um, Lindsay would turn up to one of Hillary's premieres. Um, Hillary's team would ask her, ask Lindsay to leave the red carpet, and Lindsay would refuse, and it would kick off like that, you know. And these girls <laughs> were sixteen. I mean, it's bonkers, but I, I you know, are Hillary Duff and um, Lindsay Lohan have they reconciled, or is the feud still happening? Because Aaron obviously passed away recently. Aaron in passed a away, and I, and I did have. Um, really high hopes of both of them seeing which one to turn up in the, to the funeral in the bigger hat or something like that. But uh, What do you reckon, Mark? What what did Aaron Carter have that both Hillary and Lindsay wanted so badly? I Look, to be honest with you, I barely even remember what he looks like, looked like, so I don't know at He was all. tattooed from scalp to toe. No, he wasn't. He was. He was. was he? 
He went mad. I, I don't mean to, uh, you know, diminish mental illness at all, but he really did. He was on Dr. Phil trying to get better. Oh, God, um, I didn't know any of about any of this. He stuff. had an OnlyFans account or, you know, was making yeah. porn. Um, police were out there every other day. Yeah, he, he wasn't well. And his sister um, died only in December as well. Yeah, it was just before Christmas, I think, yeah. I think she inherited a lot of his fortune. So it's a it's a bit of a tragic tale. But what do you reckon, Jordan? What was it about Aaron that had the girls fighting? Um, well, look, part of me um, is a bit of a um, cynic about all this stuff. And, you know, I know I've just said celebrity feuds, you know, the people relate to them and all this stuff. But I'd love to know how many of them actually... Um, set up or utilised by PR teams because they make incredible stories. Mark, what else have you got for us? Um, okay. Um, did you know that there was a feud between Deborah Winger and Shirley MacLaine? I didn't know. I didn't know there was a feud there. Tell us about it. Well, I, I, because it's not like today's where you, we get all the juicy details, there is one thing that Shirley MacLaine put in her book and Deborah Winger has essentially confirmed that, yeah, it did happen. She, um, she farted at Shirley MacLaine during, like, literally farted at her and, and walked off as, like, in the middle of filming as part as of that. As you do. As you do. But um, apparently when Shirley MacLaine won her Oscar, for her acceptance speech, she got up there and just said, I deserve this. <laughs> Do you know, actually, that reminds me of um, Bette Midler and Shelley Long, who made Outrageous Fortune together. Was there um, really a feud there, though? Uh, I wouldn't have believed it because it's really hard to find any evidence of it until I stumbled across a treasure. Okay. Bette Midler on Oprah, can't tell you what episode, let's say 4,692, and... Uh, one of the guests gets up and says, would you and Shelley Long make another movie together? And Bettler's, the whole body language will tell you everything you need to know. And she goes, no, no. And then I think Oprah might push a little bit and Bet says it was tough. It was really tough. There's just, yeah. And Shelley Long basically is not particularly liked by anyone that's ever worked with her. Apparently she's a pain in the ass. Jordan, what have you got for us? Well, um, for... Everybody that's heard me on um, here before, they'll know I'm a huge um, Britney fan. So um, I've gone for Britney versus Christina. <gasps> oh, now, this isn't true, is it? Britney versus Christina. Surely no, which is why, kind of why I wanted to talk about it. I would kind of call it more of a professional, few professional rivalry. I don't know. That's kind of the subject of legend i suppose but it's still interesting to look at absolutely tell us tell us what was plastered all over those pages of tabloid magazines back in the early 2000s well it just kind of i think Brittany and christina have had this really interesting and very similar um journey into showbiz you know they were both on um the mickey mouse club when they were very very young both kind of the top singers on that show and that's where it all began for them um and then it was for for the a couple of years after the mickey mouse club it was they were kind of trying to play catch up with each other and britney became what we would probably now call a viral hit 
with Baby One More Time. And then Christina was just behind her, you know, a couple of months later with Jeannie in a bottle. And from then on, it always felt like one was trying to do the other, outdo the other, or that's what we were led to believe. Or maybe even Christina was trying to play catch up with Britney. That's how it was always presented to us. Um, even down to... Britney does a deal with Pepsi, so Christina's got a two-a deal with Coca-Cola. <laughs> it was all that sort of thing, um, and I, I, you know, I don't know whether it's just because she got there first or because I'm aware Christina's very technically brilliant and everything. But I think that Britney's probably the more complete pop star package. Britney usually came out on top, if you believe what the tabloids said or who the media was interested in. That's that's right. She was, but you know that whole rivalry thing. I I actually think that that was fueled by the fan groups, really. Yes. Because I think that um, like we all know that Christina is a, a better singer than Britney is, and I think that Britney fans know that, and that's why they have this um, resistance towards Christina's Aguilera, and I think that Christina Aguilera fans want. Christina to be as commercially successful as Britney and they project that jealousy onto that and then the whole Britney versus Christina thing just turns into something that it it probably never really was. But then that that to me is kind of the whole sort of marketing of a celebrity feud and exactly um, exactly that's what I find so fascinating about and of course um everybody knows that uh Britney kissed Madonna but nobody remembers that no, everyone. Well, isn't that because they cut to um, Justin Timberlake instead yeah, of actually showing them? Because, because they were more concerned with showing his reaction rather than actually showing the performance that, you know, we all actually yeah. wanted to see. <laughs> yes, so I always wonder what would have happened to Christina if she got her fair share in the, the limelight then as well. Have have any of have we exhausted it all for both of you? Have you, have you got any more, Jordan? Oh, there's the time that Cher called Madonna a, a four letter word starting with C. Oh, I like this Cher and Madonna. Cher and Madonna, I should say. She gets yeah, quite sorry. cranky about Cher. No, 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 that's all right. Remind us, dragging her in by her hair. That's what she said. That she, what did she say? What was the full quote? I I just remember she said that she's not a very nice person. And that she there's, she doesn't have to be such a cunt. So she didn't actually say she was. She just said she doesn't have to be. Yeah. So yeah, Sharon Madonna. But look, Mark, you got to be. Let's be honest. That feud is very tongue in cheek. Oh yeah. Like they, they both love each other. They they've been photographed together in beanies, I think, recently. Yeah, but, but like that. I also get the impression that that is just how Cher is. <laughs> that um, she will just say what's on her mind she doesn't mean she doesn't like you but she'll she'll call you a cunt and that's that pretty much and we can yeah. still be friends yeah well she did the same with miley cyrus she had a go at her but you can tell she's not like unlike these other feuds we've talked about where there is genuine venom and jealousy and all of that there's a share doesn't care do you reckon we're a more enlightened society have, have the days of a celebrity feud left us once and for all are we it's so not, woke now that there's no more fun in the world? Well, it, it's not done the same way either. And, you know, we, do, we don't even have, like, we don't really have movie stars and we certainly don't have supermodels anymore either. Everything's not done the same way. Like, people are 
there's, there's too many people for these scandals to really take, to really capture anyone's attention for very long. Jordan and Mark, thank you for being here in the fortress. No worries. Thanks, thanks for having me. And the Grammy goes to Padam Padam, Kylie Minogue. Well, what a way to start the show, my friends. Can you believe I wake up, have a little cup of tea, take my vitamin B pill, open up my phone, <laughs> and what do I see, Nathan? What do I see? I'm, I'm astonished. I've got to admit, I'm very, very... I'm shocked, but really, really happy to see it. <laughs> you are shocked by the power. Nathan can't believe it. He's stunned. James and Rudy, g'day. Welcome to the Fortress as well. How are you Hi. both feeling? Oh, amazing. This is great news. Not unexpected. It's well-deserved. That's the way I describe it. Not unexpected. See, that's the part, I think, for a lot of fans. Like, mm, we're very cynical about these American award shows. Will they actually honour talent? Or do you have to buy one of these things? I'm not that surprised. Go on, Rudy, tell us about it. No, I think that the industry goodwill for her in the States has really come through this time. And the, yeah. the competition was stiff, but she edged them out pretty handily. Yeah. Rudy, you're over there in the United States. Kylie vibe must be high, right? I mean, she beat out some pretty damn great contenders here. Not only that, I think the Vegas residency has helped her visibility. The reviews have been good. She has younger fans. A lot of um, that has, you know, only risen um, the, you know, risen her profile. You know, made it greater. So, yeah, I don't think it's uh, unexpected at all. But I can see why, if you're outside the states, why you might be surprised. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. Long overdue. Long overdue. I think from my perspective, as somebody in the UK, as somebody who is like kind of grown up with Kylie. I I'm so used to her being overlooked by people a lot um, that I think I was so shocked to see <laughs> her getting the recognition. But I think I felt that for a while now with Padam. Um, I feel like the being a bit like being Kylie fans is, is almost cool, which I can't remember the last time. <laughs> well, I have to say I, I, I agree to a point with that, but I mean. A lifelong Kylie fan here, you know, way back since bloody 1987. Um, she has won an award. She has won a Grammy before. Um, of course. So, you know, she, she has, you know, she has some sort of um, American following. And I remember, oh my goodness, way back in 2000 and what was it, 2001, 2002, uh, I was in America, I was in Orlando, and I walked into a Virgin Megastore and they had these like floor to ceiling pictures of Kylie because the Fever album was so big and Can't Get You Out of My Head was so big. And then she won the award for uh, Coming to My World, which at that point was unexpected. Um, but yeah, she has gone a bit under the radar in America since then. You know, she's now, thank God, she's nominated for um, a, a Brit Award this year, International Artist this year, quite rightly. And I think that's simply because Padam Padam has it's seen a global takeover. That's how I see it. But Padam Padam was just everywhere. 
everywhere. Every record station, every every uh, radio station was playing it. Everybody was listening to it. And James, for me, this is reparations as well because can't get you out of my head. Didn't get a Grammy. I know that she got one. No, I'm into my world, but come on, guys, can't get you exactly. out of my head. Doesn't win a Grammy. Give us a break. At least, Padam won it, and not bloody I don't know, Tension or Hold On to Now or something like that. Was, no, that. She submitted ten out of ten, which I mean, what? <laughs> ten out of ten was nominated for a Grammy? No, no, no. She submitted it though. Um, yeah. Oh, do you have to submit? Do you? Padam, which I was very happy. You have to submit. So what? I could submit something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'd get very far, but yeah, <laughs> probably. You know what, Nathan? I'd I'd submit our last podcast. That was just brilliant. <laughs> Best we audio did recording. Fabulously, we did. <laughs> what does another Grammy mean for fans? Fans first, like validation. What does it mean for us? Yes, it's absolutely, it's a validation. But you know, for, for, uh, as I say, for someone who's been a lifelong Kylie fan, awards. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, it, it's nice to have. It's a pat on the back for Kylie. But I I, I hate to say it because I, I don't want to say that America is the most important market because it's not. But for a market that's not really been her biggest area, to get something like this, not only 20 years after her last one, but what is it, 30, oh God, 37 years into her career, to be given a Grammy, that, that there is validation there. I think around the world, it will be headline news. Oh, I think so. Rudy, if there was a meme, and I hope I'm using that expression correctly, to represent <laughs> this moment for fans, would it be all of us just smugly leaning back into a big red padam chair, folding our hands and nodding <laughs> knowingly? Would that be it? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> good visual. It's a good visual. What's it mean for a fan over there in the States? Is it the same? Validation? I think, yes, absolutely, in a different way, uh, because, you know, we have always been, those of us who've been longtime fans here, we have lots of people who go, yeah, 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 yeah. But she's no, you know, fill in the blanks. She's no Cher, she's no Madonna, whatever. And now, they again, this is another cherry on top of this great era, where they have to take notice and say, okay, she's lasted. Okay, you maybe you were right. So it's a good feeling. And we are right. <laughs> we are right. But what I love, Rudy and Nathan, because I'm going to hand the baton to you, she's just so hot on the heels of Madonna now. She only has to win five more Grammys and she's equal. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I do have to hark back to what I just said, to what I said previously. I, I think she does and has over the years been overlooked dramatically more so than I think a lot of fans give, like, give, like, credence to, I suppose. Um, because realistically, um, I think people did overlook Kylie and have over the years. I think that the tabloids absolutely contributed to it um, and all of these things. But like, it feels like at the moment, um, from a credibility standpoint, Kylie has been viewed in a very different way to what she's been viewed previously. Um, and I'm so happy to see it because it is a validation thing. Um, and I think from our perspective, we can now see um, that other people are maybe seeing what we as fans have always seen. <laughs> that she is a true artist. I just want to sum this up with one request from you all. A personalised message to Kylie. 
what would you say to her if she was in front of you now? You've probably all seen the reel. I don't know if you have. It's only just out a couple of minutes ago. She's running around her hotel room in a bathrobe. <laughs> Clearly, she was running late for the ceremony. She's excited. And then she takes off out the door, presumably to ring her mum or Danny or Brendan or someone. I don't know. What's your personal message, James, to Kylie? Oh, my goodness. Um, thank you. It's a simple thank you. Uh, she's been part of my life since I was 12 years old. Uh, I've loved and adored every single thing she's put out uh, and she's been the soundtrack to my life uh, and it's, it's quite simply thank you and absolutely bloody well done for winning this award. James, that was absolutely beautiful but everything? Chiggy Wiggy? <laughs> I like Chiggy Wiggy. <laughs> Come on now. If every man who ever sees me wants a whole man to be the one who gets me... <laughs> Can I come swinging in on a chandelier now? <laughs> I know every single word to that song. <laughs> Rudy, what would you say to Kylie? Because she's listening, I promise you. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'm sure. I would, I bet she very well may. I would say absolutely 100% congratulations. This is richly deserved. Uh, enjoy the remainder of this fabulous era that has well earned. And by the way, thank you for the magic of this Vegas experience, which we are all, those of us who are privileged enough to go, are just basking in the glow of. It's just been wonderful. How so do you feel jealous. about the fact that she's announced a US tour? Does that mean anything to you? Um, or because you've already seen her in Vegas, does it not mean much? What, what's it mean? Well, it, it's exciting. I hope that it really happens. I, I'm, I'm, I believe her when she says that they're talking about it. I don't know if that really means it will happen, but um, my fingers are crossed. Oh, very much so. Oh, it's very exciting. Wow. Especially so we I, can I all... guess we, we, we've got to be uh, a little bit magnanim magnanimous about it because we've been so lucky in the UK that she keeps touring here all the time. And, and I'm, I'm from Manchester uh, where we've got a massive gay community in Manchester and she concentrates her tour there so many times. So she won't just do one night she'll do like four or five nights in manchester if she's doing the odd night in the in the us we've got to go okay and hope that she's going to come back to us soon your personal message to kylie though nathan um mine would be a little bit different i suppose mine would be i think this is just the start kylie and i think you need to strap your stilettos on <laughs> because you very much deserve it and i'm incredibly happy for you but I feel like there's going to be another Padam on your horizons very, very shortly. I do believe that this is the start of potentially a, another little world domination for you. And you deserve it so much. <laughs> Get those hands ready, everybody. Thank you for being in the fortress. Do the Padam, Padam, Padam to the left, to the right. Come on, Nathan, pick it up. <laughs> Double time. Do it. Do it. Vegas High. Yeah. Okay, this is my 13th Grammy. 